Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey guys, I'm in San Diego right now um, for a conference and an ocean science meeting, and I'm here with some friends. Hey, my name's Kyrie. Um, I'm here in San Diego at the ocean sciences meeting with Janelle, a friend, a colleague, up here. Okay, but it's cool because we can see more black people out here traveling and going places. Goodbye. Hey, Melanin and Miles, welcome back. And today we're going to continue our interviews around the world series where we interview other young black women who have lived or studied abroad in a new country. Oh, this is Janelle, by the way, one of your co-hosts. Sorry. Um, For this series, we have interviews set up with women who've been to almost every continent. And this week, we're talking to Lydia, who has studied and lived in Cameroon. Okay. So Lydia is a junior that attends Hampton University, and she's a strategic communications major and liberal studies minor. And she studied abroad with the School of International Trainings Program for Cultural Development and Social Change in Cameroon. And that's also her country of origin, which is really cool. And all of this happened during her fall semester of 2018. Welcome, Lydia. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Great. So I just wanted to start off with a few basic questions about the overview of your program and why you chose it. So my first big question is, how did you decide you wanted to study abroad in general? Well, I always knew that I wanted to study abroad because I traveled a lot before I got to the collegiate level. And I traveled with my school and I traveled um, solo by myself to visit family abroad. So when I got to college, I knew that studying abroad was something that I definitely wanted to do. But Cameron was not on my radar at all for it. Like I was not even conceiving of Cameroon as a possibility. I was thinking maybe some European countries and maybe some Latin American countries and that was about it. But when I got to Hampton, I randomly found this poster in our building known as MLK. And I see that there's a possibility to study abroad in Cameroon with this um, program with Carlton College. And I immediately jumped on that opportunity because 
I said, this is amazing. Like, I did not expect to find something like this. And so I began to talk with them. Unfortunately, they were low in numbers, so their program was not able to go through. So I ended up getting referred to the School of International Trainings Program for Development and Social Change in Cameroon. And I was able to do an internship and live with a family and a host family in Cameroon, as well as visit a host family in France and be with them for a week and it was just an amazing experience okay cool so I guess I also explained how you picked your location but how did you actually prepare to go abroad I know there it's easier to just like go to like Europe because all you need is your passport and you can be there for like 90 days but for Cameroon did you need more things like a visa did you need to like take language classes I know French is pretty popular there so how was how was all of that so preparing to go abroad was definitely something that I had to consider preparing for very thoroughly because like she said like uh you know it's not Europe where you can get that oh you got an American passport stay as long as you like opportunity like no I had to really like plan out in advance okay how long am I going to be here from what time to what time get the visa stuff done prepare to like get the proper shots and different things and the doctor needs and all of that taken care of and then I had to take some courses, like I had taken courses in French in high school. So I kind of brushed up on my French courses, shout out to Duolingo and Babbel and language (laughs) apps that saved my life multiple times and Google Translate. And then being able to just really talk with Cameroonians was definitely a unique experience for me because my dad is a part of a Cameroonian association where I'm from. So I was able to talk with people from different regions of Cameroon who represented the different aspects of the country and like ask them questions about like, what's it like living there versus living here in the States? Like, you know, what will the experience be like? I was able to talk to my cousin who's sitting here in the U.S. and ask him, like, what will the culture shock be like for me? You know, and I had been to Cameroon before um, when I was younger, but it only been for like a couple weeks with family. And that was it just for vacation, not to live for four months and to be completely immersed by myself in the culture. So I definitely had to prepare, I think, even mentally as well as um, knowing like, OK, you're going to be living with a host family like begin to think about like what that will entail and yeah just different things you know related to the different climate and social aspects of Cameroon and beginning to take things into consideration that would be different than the culture of the United States. And so um, more about your program I guess you said you went for a semester right and then you took did you take classes or was it okay Mm -hmm. and then also can you go into more detail about what it was like living with your host family I know like some host families can be like some experiences can be super negative and you don't get along with your host parents but others can be really cool so explain what your situation was like (laughs) okay so this was one of the major things I was really stressed about before I went abroad I was like oh my goodness like am I gonna get along with these people are they gonna be able to communicate with me like how is this about go 
But it's crazy how it just all worked itself out because when I first got to Cameroon, like I did have that language barrier with my host mother, but we were still able to like just work around that until my French skills got up and I was taking um, French classes. I was doing like two hour French intensives abroad, really helped to boost my French skills. I was taking um, classes in the development, the culture, the history of Cameroon related to those sort of things. We would also take uh, group trips and go and visit different places places and just learn about like what the culture of the arts is like in Cameroon, learning about what culture of economics is like in Cameroon, um, learning what it means to actually be a part of society as a woman in Cameroon, like just different things like that, um, and like gender roles and how all of that goes into play into the country. And so we were learning about all these different things. And um, with my host family, they spoke French only. So when I went home, I would switch from speaking English with my classmates to only speaking French in the home just because it was easier because I was new to the language. I couldn't switch from French to English um, as I can now. So I would completely speak French only at home. And my host brother would speak English to me, but everybody else spoke French to me. And so it was an awesome experience. I mean, there were good moments and bad moments. Like I wouldn't say bad moments, but learning moments. But like overall, like I loved living with my host family. They were so supportive, so helpful, um, so thoughtful. And um, they definitely went above and beyond what was, you know, their requirement to help me to feel adjusted and accustomed to the culture. And I honestly do feel that I was spoiled because their house was bigger than my house here in the States. <laughs> and like we had people that were there to help us. So when I came back to college, it was it was something. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's completely different. <laughs> I mean, not 100% completely different, but um, I stayed in like an apartment, like a two bedroom apartment. So it was it wasn't bad, but it was not as um fancy or I guess nice as yours was. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then our co-host Joy, she had a terrible like host family experience. Mm-hmm. So if y'all want to know about our experiences, go back and listen to our, our study abroad episodes in season one. But as you can see, like there's complete differences between like which host family you stay with and like how it really is. <laughs> I guess my last question about your program is that did you have any scholarships or did you have to pay a lot out of pocket? Was it um, I guess affordable or are there scholarships that you would recommend other people apply for maybe that you got also? So for my study abroad experience, I actually have scholarships here at Hampton and I was not able to use them because they're for on campus only, but I was able to get scholarships being an HBCU student through the School of International Training that covered, um, I think, like a quarter of the way. And then I was also able to get money out of pocket because my parents are paying through, through for, um, I think, the majority of it. And then, like, I got, like, a small little, like, student loan or grant that I was able to apply for and um, get approved for for my city abroad experience. Okay. Yep. So you definitely know there is money out there. It may be like harder. You might have to take out a loan, but it's definitely possible to get out there and travel if you really want to. And the one thing I do want to mention is that if you do are like already paying like out of pocket or like are, if you're already paying loans, like you can use that money to go abroad anyway. Like you can use the loans you're getting from the government to go abroad and like grants from them to go abroad. So I would say look into that and then look into scholarships that your school has as well, because there are opportunities out there and like the Gilman Scholarship and different like that that you can use. 
Definitely, definitely. All right, so now let's transition more into like the meat of the show, I guess. And we're going to talk about what it was like being immersed in the culture and what it's like going back to Cameroon after living in America for so long. <laughs> like, what are the differences? So I guess the first question is, what was it like going back after living in America for so long? And for those listening, um, Lydia has traveled to Cameroon before when she was a like a child, pretty much. And I guess like her dad was born there. So she, she knows a lot about like the Cameroon area. But obviously things are different from when you're like two years old to when you're like 20 years old. So go into that. So I did go to Cameroon frequently when I was little and I went there last before I studied abroad at the age of 10. So it had been 10 years since I had traveled back home to Cameroon. So when I did go back, it was just like nostalgia hit me like a brick and I wasn't expecting it to occur in the way that it did. But like from the foods to the smells, like to the looks, everything so familiar. It was just like, I it's like I've been here before, which I had. And so being able to have that experience was really really, really cool. Um, Just being able to experience the country in my own terms, like, you know, you're only exposed to so much when you're with your family and with your, like, your relatives on vacation and only there for, like, a couple weeks. But, like, being there for the length and time period I was there and, like, being there by myself, doing an internship by myself in the country's capital, like, it was a whole experience. So I I really loved the nostalgia that came from me going back. And I, um, yeah, I look forward to going back. I'm going back this summer. So I look forward to going back home for my grandmother's 80th birthday. Oh. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> did you face, I guess, more on the negative side? Did you face any like discrimination? Like, were people able to pick out that you've been in America for so long that you were American? Did you, <laughs> I get like, you think like you're black and you're in Africa, yeah. like it might not be that bad, but I'm sure there were some <laughs> changes. So, I'm just be real with y'all. Like, it was such an eye opening experience to be like, called like names like Le Blanche which means like white person and like me I'm like I'm I'm black like obviously I look like y'all but like because I had a different accent like they can even tell down to like the way like your facial like features are built and like the the pores of your skin is like they can tell that you're a foreigner immediately um and so I would definitely get discriminated against in some form of people not being able to comprehend that I was Cameroonian, but also I had a blue passport. And they're just like, you look like us, but you don't talk like us. Like, what's your deal? Like, we can't make it make sense. Like, we can't make sense of it. And so constantly feeling like I have to express and explain myself in a language that's not my own because I was always communicating in French. It was definitely something that that taught me patience, patience for myself and patience, the patience to tolerate and educate others because we all have our own versions of what we expect the world to be like and for the world to look like. But when we are exposed to something that's different um, or if we immerse ourselves into a different culture, it is our responsibility to learn from them as well as be open to teaching them and educating them about what our life experiences have been. And so like that was kind of what I dealt with. And then when we were in France, that was a whole nother ball game because I think um, in Europe, it's just a matter of like very subtle racism and it doesn't necessarily come from where you think it will come from. Like I got discriminated against by black men in Europe and like that was not something that I was even like I could even fathom of prior to, but 
when it did occur, I was like, oh, okay. So like the things that I've heard about, you know, about like um, the sort of discrimination that subly like mentioned to you where like I had somebody tell me like, I like your friend because she's Swedish. I'd marry her. But like, I respect you because you're smart and intelligent, but I'd marry her because she has like Swedish and Italian roots. And like having those little comments like said to me, it definitely educated me about how, you know, we all have our different ways of communicating things that show that we are intolerant of certain things and there's different levels to it. And then another thing that happened in Cameroon is um, I think that in Cameroon and in Africa in general, you have to be aware that discrimination is not like it is here in the West. So everything is related to tribe. Everything is related to like region and everything is related to um, not, of course, skin color. Everyone pretty much looks the same, but it's based upon like what are your like where are your people from like what language do you speak what tribe are you from and like the different tribes and seeing like how all of that goes into their form of like discrimination like on the continent of Africa it was very interesting because there are a bunch of different tribes in Cameroon and like seeing how people would respond like oh you're part of this tribe and oh you speak this language like what do you know about like your people and like different things that questions that I would get and the majority of them I did not have a response to so like constantly like having people like not um like prejudge or assume that I would know something that I didn't know or like them not being aware and know why my African-American side did not know about my like did not know about like um what country and like what region and what tribe and like having all that information and access that they have on the continent but we don't have here in America it was a whole experience because they were just very confused like what do you mean like you don't know like what country your mom's from you know like certain things that I would get asked it was an experience that taught me that everyone has their own perception of how the world is and um yeah it just definitely opened my eyes to a lot yeah that's that's very interesting because like you always hear like discrimination and racism and assume it's always has to be like white people going against you but like there can be discrimination like within your own culture and so that's like or not culture but within your own race and that's pretty eye-opening and like (laughs) a different thing that like I'm not used to I haven't really traveled a lot through Africa like I've only been to Morocco where it's not even like Mm -hmm. the same as (laughs) going to like West like other parts of West Africa or other countries in Africa so that's really interesting to Um, like I just thought about something else that Mm. I want to expound on so I was talking about like my um my experience with um like being called white man or like being called like white person and like it would happen frequently with the people in our group because we were when we would travel in groups together like we were considered the Americans and so anybody from western culture is like called like blanche so it doesn't matter like whether you're actually Caucasian or not it's like everyone that is considered white person is considered privileged so how we would define privilege here in the U.S. is not how they define privilege there. Like, we are privileged yeah. to them. So, like, being aware of that, like, there are different ways of seeing things. There are different understandings of what privilege looks like around the world. Definitely opened my eyes to knowing, like, there is more than just one story to a place, to a people, to a country. 
and everybody's cultural context is different everybody's like understanding of how the world works is different okay yeah i feel like we could go into this for hours but let's just start moving on um onto other aspects of like the culture so did you meet any locals meet, make any friends that you would potentially like go back and travel with or do you think you made any lifelong friends during your study abroad experience I certainly did. And I I think that um, for me, being in a program with Cameroonians and Americans alike, like it just kind of showed me like, um, how do I explain it? It just kind of showed me the power of like being able to be surrounded by people in your community, you know, like that can understand and relate to you in different ways. Like there are certain things that I could talk to my American friends about that I couldn't talk to my Cameroonian friends about. And then my Cameroonian friends I could discuss things with that I couldn't talk to my American friends about. Um, so like we were in a program with students from Cameroon and students from the States. And so like naturally I tended to be inclined to connect with the students who were from Cameroon about being Cameroonian and like wanting to learn from them and like being able to like like share stories with them. And um, it just, it was easy for me to connect with the locals, honestly. Like on my internship, I work with students and people from the English speaking regions of Cameroon, which I had never really had the opportunity to interact with people from those regions for. And so like connecting with them because they're English speaking. I was like, hooray, no more French for a minute. I get a break. (laughs) So like being able to connect with them was a really great experience. And I love the locals that I met. I think that they're going to be in my life for a very, very long time. Have you been able to communicate with them? Or like, do you guys still talk now, even though you've been gone? Yeah, definitely. We also definitely talk. So were there any big examples of culture shock that you had? Like, I know I always have like a food culture shock when I travel to like Asia or like just random places like I always get some type of culture shock from food but (laughs) but how about anything else like people food nightlife anything that's a really good question I think in terms of food I didn't have that much culture shock because I had eaten the food growing up so I Mm -hmm. knew what to expect but I do remember my experience with my um my uncle choosing to get a gift for my host family that I believe was like a delicacy in Cameroon and it was like armadillo or something like that Mm -hmm. and like I was so confused <laughs> when like, he got it. You get that? <laughs> and uh, I, he was like, oh, let's get a gift for your host family. I was like, okay, great. Like, you know, I would love to do that for them. Cake, you like some, something that is in my cultural context of being aware, like, this is a gift, yeah. you know? <laughs> And then he came back with like this armadillo and he was like, we're going to give this to his family because this is like, you know, like something that is valued here. Okay. And I was just like, okay, if you say so, I mean, you know better than I do. And then like we lived in a polygamous village for a week or so and that experience was definitely all around culture shock it was everything I was expecting and everything I was not expecting because the chief of the village had 249 siblings I didn't think that was possible but he did he has wives (laughs) on pretty much every continent and so yeah just having those experiences where I think one girl she had um, a chicken ended up eating her omelet for breakfast yeah (laughs) 
just <laughs> a whole thing. And like learning to just navigate the waters of like being completely outside of your comfort zone 24-7. Like it taught me so much resilience in a way that I don't think being in the States can teach you because we're just so naturally comfortable. But like recognizing that those people were the most content, most generous, most grateful people that I've ever encountered. Like it just, it opened my eyes to understanding that like sometimes, you know, the less you have, the more blissful you really can be and like how stressed out we are because we have so much and there's so much stimulus in the States where like there is just like peace and contentment because you're just, you know, going through each day with like the simple things and enjoying like the simple life. And then another culture shock was my host father in the village went through a succession ceremony to Black Panther. So like it was similar to that and like seeing the pictures of it and seeing how he um, had like all his family come from different regions all over the country to come and like celebrate him taking the succession of his father and his land and all of this stuff. It was really, really cool. Um, What other culture shocks? Oh, people have no understanding of privacy and personal space in Cameroon. People tell you like it is. There is no, what is it, political correctness? Yeah, that's Uh, not done. It's not done (laughs) at all. Like, they'll tell you exactly how they feel and um, be like, yeah, you've you've gained some weight. Or like, you need to lose some of that. Like, it's very, like, to the point, very direct. There is no going around the bush and saying it the nice way. They tell you exactly (laughs) what they feel. And that was definitely culture shock because in the states like we we really we really don't tend to do that and then like also with um the way that they would speak i had to get accustomed to like certain phrases that they would say and certain things that they would do that um would be different from like how we would call things like in the states so i had to understand like in this cultural context this is what this means versus like what my understanding of what this is in american context and then that's a lot of culture shock honestly (laughs) but what would you consider I guess your biggest mistake when studying abroad what did you think you wish you didn't do um All right, the one that stands out to me, I'm just going to go ahead and put myself out there, is definitely my decision to eat everything and drink everything at this wedding I went to. Now, before that, I was doing good, you know? Like, I was very careful about, because you're not from there, you can't eat everything that the locals can eat. Please understand, when you go abroad, you cannot do what the locals can do. You cannot eat everything the locals can eat. When you go into Eastern culture, I can't speak for all like Western culture, but for Eastern culture, it's not it's not possible. And so I went to this wedding for one of our professors in the program. He would teach us dance and he got married and he invited us to his wedding. And I was like, everything's free. Like, you know, like, (laughs) let me go ahead and try all these different things. You know, we only live once. Right. (laughs) And I had like all these different drinks that I was kind of warned in advance, don't try. But I was like, you know what? I still want to try it because it's free. And so I was trying all these different drinks and I was trying these different foods. The next morning I woke up with horrible stomach cramps, found out I had a parasite and had to go to the doctor to get antibiotics for this infection that I could have avoided if I had just listened to what the locals had told me. So when they tell you something, you should listen. And that's the end of that. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a lot. So like, how was like healthcare over there? Did you have to like pay extra money? Like, was there insurance or like, how does that like all work? Because that's really crazy. Yeah. So it was crazy, actually, (laughs) because it was the last week of my internship. Um, I had I had two presentations to create and a 40 page paper to write for my internship. 
and it was the weekend before my birthday. So oh. it was just a lot <laughs> happening. My computer wasn't working. Like, it was just giving up. It's like, we've been here for four months, bro. Like, all right, it's <laughs> time. It was already acting up. But it's like that last stretch, my computer did not want to act right. So that being said, when I got connected to, we had somebody that would help us with like local experiences and interactions. And so we did have insurance provided through SIT. And she just kind of helped me to get all of that monetary funds like situated through them and like getting money back from the insurance company and having them like reimburse me for the funds that I spent for it. And yeah, I mean, I had I had already experienced like healthcare and insurance in Cameroon prior to um, but like actually like dealing with all that independent stuff. I was like, oh, this is for real for real adulting. Yeah. (laughs) And I yeah, I I mean, it was able to to be covered by SIT, which I think was definitely something that I'm grateful for, because not everybody has health insurance and travel insurance. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Like if it was like a foreign person coming to America, trying to get healthcare like that, it would have been way more (laughs) expensive and way more dramatic, I feel like. So that's really good that all of that got solved pretty quickly. So now we're going to shift again. And I just have some questions about some of your other travels. Fun fact about Lydia. She is very well traveled. She's been to three continents in eight countries. Is that right? And in the U.S. alone. Oh, 10 countries now. Okay. And so in the U.S. alone, she has traveled to over 15 states in the U.S. And um, my first question for this part is, were you able to travel while you were studying abroad? I know you said you went to France, but did you get Mm -hmm. to go around like other parts of Africa or any other countries so I stayed in Cameroon and I went to France for a week and um, I wanted to travel a bit more but because I ended up staying in Cameroon all the way through the end of the year like up to um, New Year's Eve Mm-hmm. I was not able to travel anywhere but there because of the time limits to everything. But um, I did enjoy my time in France while I was there. And um, I know other people, like, when they left the program, they immediately went to, like, Ireland and, like, went to different countries. And some people chose to stay in Cameroon longer. Um, it just depended on their situations. So, um, yeah, for me, I ended up staying in Cameroon from September 3rd through December 28th, 20th. Okay. So then I guess for the other countries you visited, can you just go through and list like what 10 they were outside of Cameroon and France? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my list. Goodness. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quick because I just want to make sure I have that on hand. But I have been to Mexico, Jamaica, um, the Bahamas. I've been to Madrid, Spain. I've been to Germany, Nuremberg, and Munich. I've been to, um, where else have I been? I've been to Puerto Rico. Just came back from there. I've been to London, England. I've been to Paris, obviously. I've been to, um, where else have I been in the Caribbean? Um, U.S. Virgin Islands. And I have been to, um, trying to think on the continent. Oh, I've been to Belgium and Europe. And yeah, that's that's about it. That's all the countries. (laughs) That's all. Yeah. (laughs) Just a few, I guess. (laughs) 
but so how has all of that travel been feasible like at just such a young age I like I understand that your family is from Cameroon so that might have been easier I guess just mm-hmm. visiting them but like you've obviously been to way more places <laughs> and I I don't know if they're all just like family vacations or if you've been able to like do some like travel with friends or mm-hmm. solo travel so just explain in like one to two minutes how you did all that okay so um for me I, like I said, began traveling internationally by myself at the age of 16. So what occurred with my first trip was I have a cousin who is German and she lives in Germany. I wanted to go and visit her and spend time with her and it was able to work out. And um, I listened to your podcast. So I know <laughs> yeah. like I know Joey is talking about like she had this chance to travel, I think, with her aunt. Mm-hmm. And um, like she didn't tell you because it just kind of like all like worked out yeah. like, for her to go. And so like for me, it was kind of similar. Like it wasn't something that I planned long, long out in advance. It just kind of worked itself out unexpectedly for me to be able to go. And I love Germany. Um, Everything that I thought it was, it was not. And everything that, you know, like I expected it to be, it wasn't. Like Germany is this cultural hubris of just about every single type of person you can think of. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, It's just like Sound of Music. Like they got you know, the beautiful gardens that you can walk through and like nice windows you can go say hello to your neighbors from. Like, it's a really nice place. And then when I traveled to Spain, that was with my school. That was my second time going abroad internationally without my parents. And um, that was a really cool experience because I got to travel with my best friend and we went and I was actually able to raise money for the experience um, because we were able to go there for about a week or so. And I was able to use GoFundMe and crowdfunding to be able to go there. And then my other experiences with Puerto Rico, that was like a service trip that I just recently did. USVI was a service trip that I did spring break freshman year. Bahamas was a trip I did with my parents for a cruise this past spring in 2019. And um, I think that the other experiences were just kind of spread out with my breaks that I had in my school and elementary. Okay, great. So now y'all know it's not just me and Joy that be traveling all over the place (laughs) randomly. You see other Black women are out here doing it too. So it's definitely possible for you all to do this as well. And I guess my final couple questions in this um, section of the podcast is where are you going next? I know you said you're doing Cameroon this summer, but do you have any other trips planned? (laughs) Um, I really want to go visit my friend. She actually, she's the one I met, one of the locals I met in the program in SIT. She's currently living in Dublin in Ireland, and I want to go visit her sometime soon. So yeah, that's my next trip that I hope to have. Okay. And then to kind of wrap up, do you have any advice for anyone looking to study abroad or or um, I guess if you want to go specific, anyone that specifically wants to visit Cameroon, are there any misconceptions you want to put down or later rest? Um, anything about that? Um, I want to say that Cameroon is a beautiful country and there's so much to do there. I like to say that the country's capital, Yaoundé, is very similar to DC, which it is. 
um, and that Douala, which is next to Yaoundé, is very similar to New York, which it is, and that's where my family is, the majority of them. And so I think that, you know, do your research is one thing that I say, like, do your research, opportunities are out there, be able to travel sometimes for free, sometimes like on major discounts, like just do your research, um, ask questions, don't be afraid to ask questions, like there's no such thing as a dumb question, really, like everybody has their own versions of dumb questions around the world, like I can't express that enough. And um, just be willing to put yourself out there to go outside of your comfort zone because, I mean, just traveling once changes your perspective about the world as a whole. You can't remain the same. I heard Trevor Noah say one time that travel is the antidote to ignorance. And it's so true because once you are exposed to something, you know, that you've never been exposed to before, you become more knowledgeable about the world around you. And when you are living in a place or experiencing a place where the language is not your own, you recognize that you are only a small part of the whole bigger picture of the global world um, as we know it. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. And then Cameroon, you're visiting, learn some French, like... Get as much French under your belt as you can. Because <laughs> even though there are two um, regions um, that speak English, the other eight regions speak French. So it's a majority French speaking country. So learn French. Good advice. It's still on my goal. I have. Um, I just added the language onto my Duolingo app anyways, so hopefully one day I can learn. So knowing that you're an experienced traveler, why do you think it's important for young Black women to travel with us? I think it's important for us to change the narrative that the world has about us. And I think that the best way to do that is to travel. And I think another thing that is important is for us to be as culturally apathetic, empathetic, and aware as possible um, because the United States is a melting pot, even though for some it may not seem like that, it very much is. And because I'm from like South Florida, I have been exposed to being able to um, kind of experience like the melting pot that the U.S. is up close and in proximity, friends from all over the world. And so I would say like it's important for us as Black women to be able to be aware of um, and knowledgeable about like the world around us and to be able to change the narratives that we have about ourselves and to you know change the narratives that others may have about us because the more educated we make ourselves um, the less um, we can necessarily stick to one type of version and um, understanding of what the overall Black experience or Black woman experience is. Because when you travel, you realize that there are people who, you know, are from and have regions connected to like a bunch of different countries or maybe more than one or two countries and may speak multiple languages and their homes and like being exposed to that, being aware of that makes you want to educate yourself more. So the more you travel, the more educated you want to become, the more you can change the narrative for the next generation and for yourself. That was very inspiring. <laughs> Great advice. Thank you so much, Lydia, for being here. If you guys are more interested in Lydia and want to like find out more about her lifestyle or travel experiences, she does have a blog. Do you want to give a quick intro on that? <laughs> yes. So I started my travel blog because... I knew that going to Cameroon would be um, something that I need to document because I would have a unique perspective as an insider, but also an outsider. And I wanted to share my experiences with the world. And um, I titled it The Lovely Adventures of Lydia.travel.blog. You can find me on WordPress. And yes, if you go there, go ahead and, you know, 
comment and email me and let me know what you think. Yeah, I'll link the website to her blog on my um, or on the show notes so you guys will be able to see it and then um, just go ahead and click on it when this episode is out. But thank you all for listening so much. Um, make sure you check out our merch on the website, melaninandmiles.com slash shop. Feel free to get your hoodies, sweatshirts, crewnecks, whatever you wear, like when you like to travel, a ton of Tons of it is out there and I wear it all the time every day. All right. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed to receive new episodes every Tuesday and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We also love to talk to you guys on social media. So share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram stories tagging at Melanin and Miles to start chatting with us.